Well, good morning. Welcome to Christ the Cornerstone. Would you stand? As we begin today, we're going to sing and celebrate the great things that God has done in our lives.
you have done great things in our lives. We lift our voices and our hearts to you. Sing praise. Hallelujah. Come on and give the Lord praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Has he done great things in your life today, brothers and sisters? Am I the only one? Let's give the Lord a hand clap. And just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more time. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, you honor God and he'll honor you. I don't know about you, but I was led when someone said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. No better place to be. This is where God comes to meet us. And I'm just so grateful that he loves us that much. Aren't you? Hallelujah, Jesus. Once again, thank you, Lord, for all that you've done and all that you're going to do according to your word. I want to take you to Psalm 77 that tells us about our mighty God. The awesome God that we just heard about, who does these mighty things in our lives throughout our history. I'm going to start at verse 11. Really, the whole chapter is beautiful to read to remind us of who God is. David said, I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. Sometimes we need to just stop and think what God has done for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Yea, I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate on all thy work and muse on thy mighty deeds. The way of God is holy. What God, little g, what God is like our great big G God. Thou art the God who worketh wonders, who has manifested thy might among your peoples. Thou did with thy arm redeem thy people. He's redeemed us, brothers and sisters, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. When the warders saw thee, O God, when the warders saw thee, they were afraid. Yea, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. That's the voice of the Lord. Amen. Thy arrows flashed on every side. That's the lightning. The crash of thy thunder was in the whirlwind. The lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Thy way was through the seas. Thy path through the great waters. Yet thy footprints were unseen. Thou didst lead the people like a flock, like he leads us. By the hand of Moses and Aaron. Precious words. Folks, in case you didn't know it, God is in control. The earth is the Lord in the fullness thereof worlds and they that dwell therein. Let us go before the Lord in humble prayer. Lord, you said if we would just humble ourselves and seek your face, confess our sins, you would meet us here today in prayer. Almighty God, our awesome Heavenly Father, creator of the universe and all that there is within, we thank you, dear God. We thank you, Lord, from the depths of our heart for being our Father, for loving us, for watching over us, keeping us safe, dear God, from danger seen and unseen alike. Forgive us, dear God, of any and all sins that we might have committed, sins of omission, commission. Lord, we want to be like you. We want to please you. Help us to walk worthy, dear God. You have ordered our steps according to your word. Heavenly Father, that's one of the reasons we're here today. 
where you said, forsake not the assembly of the brethren. We're obeying your word. Help us to do it in every aspect of your scriptures. Lord, we love you. Once again, we need you. We're needy people. Without you, we can do nothing. It is in you that we live. It is in you that we move. In you that we have our very being. Daniel says our very next breath comes from you, God. If you don't say so, we don't breathe. Help us to be mindful, dear God. Our very next heartbeat is in your hand. Lord, have the same control over today's service. We want to see you. We want to feel you. We want to sense your presence. We know you're here, oh God. We can feel the Holy Spirit manifest in this place. There is a sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord here today. And we thank you for meeting us here. We need the refreshment of your winds, of your anointing anew. We need a fresh anointing every day, dear God. Heavenly Father, bless us all. Bless Pastor Rogers. He brings the word. Give him a fresh anointing. He needs one for every new message. It takes so much to do what he does, to bring that word, to make it interesting, and yet still permeate our hearts and give us what we need to walk forth with it into the world and tell our fellow brothers and sisters there is a God who loves them, and he's just waiting for them. Lord, bless everything that is said and done today. Bless this congregation, those who are here and those who are at home. We give you all the honor, Lord. We give you all the glory. In the mighty and magnificent and matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. And would you say amen, please? And amen. God bless you. You may sit down. Hey, everyone. My name is Lynn. Welcome to CTC, and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and let you know about some of those. Upward Sports is a ministry that combines the fun and challenge of playing a sport with learning biblical principles. Registration is now open for the Spring Soccer League. This is open to kids kindergarten through sixth grade. Evaluations will be held on Sunday, April 10th from 3 to 5 p.m. at Bible Fellowship Church on Old Baltimore Pike in Newark. Practices begin the week of April 24th, and games begin the week of May 7th. You can find out more by visiting our website and clicking on the Kids and Students tab. Our Easter extravaganza is on Saturday, April 16th from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus. The day will include hunting for eggs and, of course, candy. There will also be hot dogs, games, and prizes. It will be a great event for the whole family. In preparation for this, we need bags of small, individually wrapped candy. You can drop off your donation anytime in the mall at the Bear Campus. Giving blood is one way for us to give of our resources to bless the community. As you're probably aware, COVID has created a serious blood shortage all over our nation. To help close the gap between the supply and the need, one of our own, Eric Roderick, is organizing a blood drive at Red Lion Christian Academy on Friday, April 15th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eric has committed to this as a capstone project for graduation, but also has a passion to help increase the supply of blood in our area. You can sign up to donate by going to our website, or you can visit delmarvablood.org. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all the events happening at our church by going to ctcde.church. 
Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. Have a great week. I'm here today with Eric Roderick, and uh, we're going to be talking for a few minutes about a very important and exciting event that's coming up in our community on Friday, April 15th, and that is a blood drive. It's going to be happening at Red Lion Christian Academy, and Eric is the energy behind that event. So, uh, Eric, uh, welcome. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate having me. Yeah, you're welcome. So tell us the the why behind what what made you decide to do a blood drive absolutely it all started um in the middle of november our principal came into our bible class and he told us that we can do a senior project of our choosing it didn't matter what the project was it just had to be related to the school it really got me thinking about my past and stories that my mom had told me um being a nurse at christiana care in the cardiovascular icu she told me a story one time how she gave 12 pints of blood in one night to one patient and it really got me thinking about doing a blood drive because with COVID the supply is down very significantly and the demand hasn't the demand has just stayed the same. So I really, I really saw it as an opportunity to be a leader and to step up. That's really impressive as a high school student to see that the stories from your mom must have made some uh, lasting impression for you to carry it for that many yes, years. Sir. Yeah. So tell us how can we get involved in this blood drive? So there's two ways you can get involved. Number one is donating. That's the most important way you can get involved. We need donors now more than ever. Um, with COVID opening things back up, with outpatient surgery starting, donating is number one. Number two is going to be volunteering at the drive itself. The drive's nine to two. It's going to be a long day. I'm going to need help setting up tables, setting up chairs, uh, giving out food. So number one, most important, donating. Number two would be volunteering. All right. Friday, April 15th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Red Lion Christian Academy. This blood drive is going to be happening. Uh, There are a couple of ways you can get an appointment uh, to donate. You can go to our church website, which is ctcde.church, and follow the links to uh, sign up for a time to donate. You can also go directly to delmarvablood.org, and they will point you in that direction. If you would like to sign up to uh, volunteer for that date, and uh, I'm sure it's going to take an army of volunteers to put this together, uh, you can correspond directly with Eric uh, on the email address on your screen, and he will get you connected with a job. So, Eric, best wishes on this event, on the blood drive, and uh, best wishes with everything in your future. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good morning. It's so good to see you on this day. What I love about setting sacred time aside to worship God, it allows us to forget about everything else that's going on in our lives. Amen? Amen. So toward that end, on your table you're going to find some papers. The first will say welcome, and on the back it will say connect. We hope that you fill out the connect card for you and everyone that's with you at your table, or if they're with you and you're seated at chairs, please do the same. If you're in our online congregation, there is a Connect tab there. Please fill out the Connect card. Whether you're in this room or online, the most important thing, I think, so Pastor Roger may have a different take, is prayer. List your prayer request there, please, so that we can meet throughout the week and pray confidentially over your concerns. 
and that's either in the room or online. If this is your first time here and you're in the room, after service is over, exit to the left and stop by the Welcome Center. The Welcome Center has tons of resources that we like to share with you and also a small gift. If you're new and you're online, please click the New Here tab and enter the information requested. Someone from Pastor Vaughn's team, the Family Care Ministry, will reach out to you during the week to welcome you into our congregation. And? And welcome. I want to welcome all of you. I'm Pastor Roger, and great to see all of you. Thank you for being online with us with us this morning. And uh, you've, in those, uh, what's on your table, there's an envelope there for you to make an offering. That's part of your faith, part of your faith journey in being generous. And we, we practice that often here, and we want to... We want to we want to teach that. But I want to talk, as we're talking about generosity this morning, I want to shift a little bit and talk about generosity with our ministry to children with us. I want to, I'm going to give you kind of a, uh, an information dump, and it's going to take a few minutes, so I want you to hang on, and, uh, and we're going to look, look at some information. And I want to talk about the vision that I've got and that I'm casting for us to have about our children's ministry. And it fits right in with the ministry of our entire church, which is to make disciples who follow Jesus, who lead others to follow Jesus too. We're not done until each one of us who has faith in Jesus Christ is nurturing somebody else to also have their faith in Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus calls us to do. Go and make disciples. And the word disciple literally means student, to be a learner, to, to, to have information, to get skills, and to repeat those things and to produce something in the world. So here's some foundations that I want us all to understand about our ministry with children and with families. First of all, the greatest faith influencers in any child's life is mom and dad. Family and the caregivers who are with those children every day and close friends. These are the people who have the greatest influence over the development of a child having faith in Jesus Christ. So... I want Christ the cornerstone to nurture, to instruct, to inspire, to encourage, to pray for our children, not just the children, but children and the people who make the greatest impact on a child's faith development. That's the foundation of our ministry with family and children here. Some of the other foundations include this thing. We need to know that children experience God at every age and level and ability that they're in. They do that. From From the time they're born, they can experience God in some way. Healthy and strong families experience God together. Parents practice sharing their faith with their children in many many ways and and what we want to encourage, we want to encourage parents to learn how to do that another foundation is that faith is more caught than it is taught that's important we we, we catch faith we experience it more that it, it, it's not just a head knowledge it's a it's an experience in life and because of that we're all part of God's larger family. And worship is part of everyday work. Not just on Sundays. Not just an hour on Sunday. Not just sitting there 
singing a song or offering a prayer. Worship is something that we do every day. So, families eat together, they play together, they learn together, they work together, they live together, and they do faith together. I wish that we had a, a verb that meant to do faith instead of two words. So maybe we could say, we want families to faith together, just like we work together. <laughs> we want families to faith together, and that's, that's part of our experience together. Jesus certainly said, let the children come. And if you read that part of the Bible, Jesus was, Jesus was scolding his disciples for preventing children from coming to him. Jesus said, let the children come. In the Old Testament, we read these words. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. You want things to go well in your life? (laughs) Listen closely, Israel. Be careful to obey. And then all will go well with you. And you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is your God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength, your entire being. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, and when you're out on the road, and when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is God's Word. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 3 through 9. So here's our plan for ministering to children at Christ the Cornerstone. For children from birth to age four years, we always want to provide child care for them. They have, they have needs. They need to be taken care of. They're welcome to come in here. But there are times when they get loud, they get noisy. They have to have space to move. And we have a space for them to do that from birth, from birth to four years old. And we also need volunteers to be in that space. <laughs> and so if the Lord is asking you if you enjoy being with children and you can take a Sunday and you can, you can spend time in that child care area caring for someone, to, helping them experience God at, at two months old. You need to do that ministry. You can talk to April. So for other children ages 5 through 12 years old, we want all the families to gather in here in our celebration room together at the beginning of worship. And what we want you to do here is we want the children to greet one another. We want, we want to greet the children. And so if you see a child, greet the child. Get down on your knee and say, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Greet them and let the child greet you. Sing together. Help the children sing together. Pray together. Help the children pray together. Listen. There are times when we have to listen. Think together. What did Pastor Roger just say? <laughs> child, what did Pastor Roger just say? I don't know. Think together. Reflect together. And at a certain point on most Sundays, there will be a time when Miss April comes here or one of the other teachers comes up here and we say, Hey, children, if you want to follow Miss April to another room during the message, you're welcome to do that. And then the children will go and have a a time with Miss April. But for ages 5 through 12, once a month, I'm asking the children to come in here and to stay with us during the message. What?! You can't do that. I'm asking us to stay in the celebration room together as a family. 
and celebrate at the Lord's table together with your church family who God welcomes all people to this table of the Lord. And here's my promise to you. And you're going to have to hold me to this. I'm going to plan a shortened message. (laughs) Good luck with that. That's my promise and my commitment to you. And you can hold me to that. And I'm also going to plan things that engage the children during the service. And this morning you see that they'll have these little cards. And if your child didn't get one of these little cards that's got a flame on it and a stick and a little bit of glue and a pair of scissors, I want you to see Miss April who's standing right over here by the exit door. And make sure your children gets one of those. Activities to engage the kids at the tables. Something to do. Keep, them, keep their hands busy. Keep them engaged. And I have some expectations for the rest of the congregation. We need to expect on first Sundays a little more noise. Because life brings noise to it. And it's okay. We need to expect a little bit more movement. It's okay. Children have to get up and go to the bathroom. Whatever they need to do. We need to expect that families and children will bring some things with them to help occupy them on these days. They might have a phone. They might be using their phone. I don't know if you saw me. I sat down here and I was using my phone while we were singing. Ooh, no! I was texting during church. You saw it. It's okay. It's okay. People have things to do. We're still focusing. I know that I'm here for the Lord. And you're here for the Lord. So we can expect these things. For I have some expectations for parents and caregivers that bring children into this space. I want you to prepare your children before you come here in the morning. Talk to them about what we're going to do during this time. That you're part of this larger family. I want you to greet somebody that you don't know this morning. Say that to your children. And go meet somebody that you don't know. Introduce your child to somebody. And I want you to guide them during the service. You may need to help them. You may need to show them where the colors are. You may need to help them. Hey, we're singing a song. Raise your hands as if you're you're shouting up to God saying thank you. Children can do these things and experience God. And the third thing I want you to do is when you get in the car, I want you to talk about their experience. Whether they've stayed here during, during church or if they've gone down with Miss April, talk about your experience in worshiping God together. What did, you, what did you learn? What did you think? What did you feel? How can we act this week on what we've learned today? Take responsibility and teach your children to follow Jesus Christ. To all of us, I'm asking us to show great kindness and mercy. I'm asking you to select your seat very carefully. Because if what I'm saying to you today is just making your skin crawl, I want you to sit up front. So that all that noise and all that action behind you is behind you and you can focus on worshiping the Lord as you like to do. That's your responsibility to choose your seat carefully. And I want all of us to encourage the parents and caregivers, remind them we know how hard it is to raise children. When my, when my wife brought children to worship, for 20 years she was a single mom bringing her two children to worship because I was at work. And there are times when my children came up to me while I was preaching and I scooped them up and I continued to preach while I was holding my child. It's okay. We need to be generous with grace to one another. Parents, we know it's tough. We want to be here to help. 
And I want you to remember Grandma's jiggly arm flab. I was four and five years old. I was sitting in my church pew, and I, was, I laid down on it, had my feet up, my dirty feet up on the church pew, the seat. I laid my head on Grandma's lap. It was soft because Grandma wasn't skinny. <laughs> Grandma would stretch her arm out over the edge of that church pew, and I looked up at the, looked up at the lights like they were stars, and I would count the bulbs on the, on the chandeliers. And I looked over, and here's Grandma's arm hanging out there, and on hot summer days, that underarm flab was just hanging down there. And it was soft, and it was gentle, and it was jiggly. And Grandma, in church, let me take my little five-year-old fingers and flap it back and forth, just like this. And I remember how soft that was. And Grandma loved me. And she didn't care. Oh my gosh. What, do I, what did I learn about God from Grandma's arm flab? I learned that it's okay. I learned that God is there for me. I learned that God is comfortable. I learned that it ain't all pretty in life. And imagine Jesus as He's teaching on the, on the, on the Sermon on the Mount. 5,000 people. You know there were children there. One of them was peeing over here in the corner. No, no. Behind a bush. Let's love each other. Let's enjoy the family of God together. Let's welcome our children. Let's be patient. Let's find a place to sit that's comfortable. And let's help our children and everyone experience God. The end. Let's pray together. Let me, let me ask you to stand as we, as we continue to worship God this morning. Let's stand together. And let me offer this prayer as we continue to worship. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the fun that we can have together. We're playing in your presence this morning. We're playing music having fun and enjoying you and enjoying one another. Thank you. Come, Holy Spirit, continue to be with us as we worship you. We lift you up. You are the purpose. You are the reason. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we worship you today. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what the battle is, no matter how big the mountain is, No matter what we are up against, you are able. You are able to defeat. You are able to deliver us. You are able to be our champion. And I've tried so hard to see it. Took me so long to believe it. Then you choose someone like me to carry.
Lord, that we are seated with you in heavenly places, rising far above all the stuff, all the battle, all the struggle, all the strife, all the misunderstanding about how our lives are supposed to go in light of where we are. You help us to rise above those things, God, that we are seated with you in heavenly places. I was thinking this morning about the premise of this song. And, you know, we can't, and I don't know, maybe you can, but I can't wrap my brain around seated in heavenly places. Can you? I mean, if you can, come explain it to me after the service. The best I can do is if I'm sitting with a coach or a teacher or somebody who's never lost a battle, never lost a game, and you're sitting up in the booth with him, and then you're watching the game go on. And he's pointing out to you, this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. This is what should have happened. And, that, and that's where we are. We're seated with him in a place. We're seated with him in a place where he can see everything and where he doesn't lose. So when he taps you on the shoulder and says, you're in the game. Guess whose advice you're going to listen to? We're not going to rely on our own strength. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord, not in your own understanding. So the authority that he's given us comes because we have learned from him. Authority doesn't come in the mail in an envelope. Oh, hey, look, I've got authority now. Authority, authority comes because we have practiced the Word of God. And we have practiced the presence of God and being in the presence of God. Amen? Seated in God, we thank you that you have seated us with you in heavenly places. And that you are undefeated. And when you give us game advice, Lord, we can bank on it. Because you've given us your name and your power and your authority. It's not our own strength. And so, Holy Spirit, today we pray that you would move among us. We pray that as we seek you for answers in our lives, that you would give us the game advice that we need. Holy Spirit, move among us today with a fresh wind, with fresh power, with fresh anointing. Because we need that, Lord. Lord, we need you to move among us. Revive us. Fill us. Make us new.
Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Young men will dream dreams and old men will see visions. I think I have that backwards, but you get the picture. And we pray for that in our day. Because this world is like no other culture, like no other time. We're living in a time like literally no one else else has ever lived in. Navigating a pandemic, trying to figure out how to continue to, to do ministry and to do life and to do the things that we need to do. We need the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. God, move among us power and the sweetness and the freshness of the anointing that comes with your Holy Spirit. It's that anointing that breaks yokes and sets people free. So Lord, today we're asking, we're asking for a wake-up call. Lord, we know that in our culture, in this church, in the church in America, we, life is not that hard compared to other parts of the world. Other parts of the world, it's illegal to have church. We know that, God, and the the church is persecuted all over the world, and yet today we're free to show up, and sometimes we don't even take it seriously. So, God, wake us up to the possibilities of what it means to be fully led by the Holy Spirit, fully under the power and the authority that you've given us, to move and to live and to be in that. We pray for Pastor Rogers. He comes this morning to bring the message that your Holy Spirit would flow through him, that our hearts would be open to receive from you, God, and that you would wake us up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. I see the clock. We're going to keep moving. And uh, that was a beautiful song we sang. And and as I stood over there listening to you singing, there's nothing sweeter than the people of God speaking their prayer and their desire to God in one voice. God hears your prayers. God hears your requests. Fill us with your fresh wind. There are times in life when we need a fresher breath air, right? I want to invite you to do some burpees. Do you know what a burpee is? Yes, of course you do. Kids, now last night some of us did some burpees. Let's see how many burpees we can do. If you, if you want to join me, you want to come up here on the platform, you can come up here on the platform and show off a little bit. But we're going to do some, we're going to do some, now I'm not going to do them right, but if you want to join me in doing a burpee, come on, let's see how many we can do before we need a fresh wind. Kids, come on, Colin. Come on. Come on, you guys. Come on up here. We're going to do 
But, you know, the, the, the burpee is actually named after a man. His name was Royal Burpee. Isn't that a strange name? His first name was Royal. His last name was Burpee. In 1938, almost 100 years ago, he was working on becoming his Ph.D., did he? No, his last name was Burpee. I don't know. He probably burped a lot. I don't know. But let's get ready. So he, he invented the Burpee, and the Army has been using that since 1941 to, to determine how healthy people are. So Eric's over there. Come on, Eric. you got to get in the – come on. you got to show us. Look, here's great big Eric. He's a wrestler, so he should, he should be doing these things. Ready? We're going to do some Burpees. you got to go spread, spread out so you got room. I don't want anybody to kick anything over. Okay, we're going to do – we're going to do some burpees. Ready? Down, back, down, up, and jump up, and down. Boom, boom, Okay, that's enough. There goes Eric. Doing some burpees. Is your heart rate? Now check your heart rate. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. My heart rate's going up. Thanks, guys. Hi, are you winded? You need some fresh air, some fresh breath? Just like our bodies, our bodies, with our bodies, we need to learn when we need some refreshment, right? Our spiritual lives are the same. We need to learn to, to understand what's happening in our bodies, in our, in our spiritual lives, because God wants to give us life. And I don't know if I said this earlier, I thought this earlier, but prayer is like breath. Even the name of God sounds like breathing. The Hebrew name of God, which was unutterable. They had four consonants in the Hebrew language. Y-H-W-H. And how you say that is, we, we pronounce that, Yahweh. Yah. Or you could go, And every time we breathe, we can think about speaking the name of God. Because the breath of God in us is what we need for life. We need to learn to recognize when we need a fresh wind in our lives. There are times in our lives when we need God too. And so let's talk about times when we need God to refresh our spirits, our minds, even our bodies. I want us to go to the book of Daniel. And in the book of Daniel, we read an incredible prayer. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9, verses, what am I going to read here? 3 through 19. This is a time when God had said to His people, His people who had disobeyed Him, and we all disobey God. God has a plan for our life, and when we don't follow that plan, we are in disobedience to God. And we are going to come to some point in our life when we all realize, oh my gosh, I need God. Because I'm out of breath. I'm out of life. I've, I've exhausted my personal resources, my intelligence, my physical resources, my financial resources. My, my, my humor doesn't get me through life anymore. I need somebody else. I thought I could do it without God, but I can't. We all get to that point, and we need to make a confession. And this prayer that we read in the book of Daniel is a confession. It's a recognition of all of our, the people's need of God. Let's read this powerful prayer. 
So verse 3 says, So I turned to the Lord God. I pleaded with Him in prayer and fasting. And I also wore rough burlap and I sprinkled myself with ashes. He was doing everything that he could to remind himself his need of God and, and, and putting ashes all over his body and wearing clothing that was very uncomfortable. Remember that I Love Lucy episode where they were in Paris, France, and she wore a burlap dress thinking it was the high fashion? I'll go find that episode and watch it this afternoon. It wasn't high fashion. But Daniel wore burlap, uncomfortable clothes, and he covered himself with ashes just to remind himself, I need God. And he was a prophet. He was a priest. And so he prayed this prayer for the people of Israel. And he says, Oh, Lord, You are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant. You always keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. But we have sinned and we have done wrong. We have rebelled against you and we have scorned your commands and regulations. We've said, God, that's not true. We don't need that. We have refused to listen to your servants, the people that you send to us to say, stop it, they're going the wrong way, turn around. We refuse to listen to them. We said to them, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And these are the people who spoke on your authority to our kings and our princes and our ancestors, to all the people of the land. Oh Lord, you are right. As you see, our faces are now covered with shame. And this is true of all of us, including the people of Judah and Jerusalem and all of Israel, scattered near and far, doesn't matter where in the world they are, wherever you've driven us because of our disloyalty to you. Oh Lord, we and our kings, our princes, our ancestors are covered with the shame because we have sinned against you. But the Lord our God is merciful. The Lord our God is forgiving even though we have rebelled against Him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, for we have not followed the instructions He gave us through His servants and the prophets. All of Israel has disobeyed Your instruction, and we have turned away, refusing to listen to Your voice. And so now, the solemn curses and the judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, they have been poured down on us because of our sin. And You've kept Your Word You have kept your word. You have done to us and our rulers exactly as you warned. God keeps his word. Never has there been such a disaster happening in in Jerusalem. And Every curse written against us in the law of Moses has come true. And yet we have refused to seek mercy from the Lord our God by turning from our sins and recognizing his truth. Therefore, the Lord has brought upon us disasters that He prepared. The Lord our God was right to do all of these things because we did not obey Him. 
O Lord our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. And in view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. And all the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen, God, as I plead for your own sake, O Lord. Smile again on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, lean down. Listen to me. Open your eyes. See our despair. See how our city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea. Not because we deserve help. We don't. But God, Because you say you're a merciful God. And we hope in that. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. For your own sake, do not delay, O my God. For your people and your city bear your name. How do you need God? How do you express your own need for God? Do you even give yourself time to think about, I need God? To think about the things that God has said. Many of us have, have, have heard the things that God has said, and we absolutely immediately say, oh, that's hogwash. That's bunk. That means nothing. That's not true. I don't have to pay attention to that. And we close ourselves off from even considering that it just might be true. We don't even give ourselves a chance to trust in the mercy of God. And I say take the risk to trust in a merciful God. He will show you forgiveness. He will show you mercy. How do we recognize our need for God? Grown-ups may realize their need for God in their relationships, in our marriages. Because there's a point in every marriage when the real me comes out. And it ain't pretty. Or in my family, or with my friends, or with my neighbors, or my co-workers. I can't hide the real me from everybody all the time. And God has always... He always has a life for us to live together with purpose and with joy. But when we disobey God, we break those relationships that allow us to live in purpose and joyfulness. And we need God to help us, teach us what is my purpose, and then to give me the strength to live that out. I need God for that. And God has a plan for every person to contribute to the life of others. You're not in this life alone. And you're not here for yourself. You're here for somebody else. (laughs) And each person is important. And through God we discover the fullness of our humanity in relation to God and in relation to one another. We all need God to provide for us. We have physical needs, financial needs, 
and we have to make decisions about these things. We need God to help us with wisdom so that we make the decisions that honor Him and are helpful to others. We need God's help. Children need God too. And as children, we need to learn what it means to disobey. We can't expect children to always obey. And we have to teach children what happens when they disobey. But there's a, there's a way to live through life, to live life joyfully. And it's our responsibility to teach them that. So let me ask a couple questions for the kids. Yesterday or today, is there anybody that you know that you have hurt them in some way? Maybe emotionally or physically. Maybe you made a joke about somebody and it hurt their feelings. They went away crying. You need to ask them to forgive you. You need help remembering to say nice things about other people. So-and-so comes to school and they smell a little different. Ew, did you smell that? Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) That wasn't just for the children. (laughs) Oh God, help us. Help us, God, by giving us your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what teaches us to look that fresh wind that we've been talking about, that fire of purification that the, the children were having these things. Hold them up if you got your fire on a stick. Let me see your fire on a stick. There we go. We're going to read a passage from the book of Acts about fire coming down on us. It comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And it was on the day called Pentecost. It was a day of a festival. All the Jewish people were celebrating. But all the disciples had, had, had cowered together in an upper room. And this is what Acts chapter 2 Verse 1 says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire? I lost my place. Appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled. I've got to bend down and get in, get in the camera. Everyone was filled with the Holy Spirit. They began speaking in languages that they had not learned. And the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And like a fresh wind, God sends His Holy Spirit to fill us, to strengthen us, to speak to us words of comfort, words of forgiveness. And He gives us peace with God first, and then the power to make peace with our brothers and sisters. And if we're not having peace with our brothers and sisters and our neighbors, we're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches us what to say, and it gives us the strength, the power to do what is right. In the, in the book of Daniel, we see all the people of God recognized their need for God, and they confessed their sins, and they pleaded with God for mercy. But in this prayer, it was Daniel who was speaking the prayer for the people who were not speaking the prayer. So, in the, in, the, in the New Testament, it talks about the priesthood of all believers. So if you are a follower of Jesus and you believe that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the right, 
you have the responsibility to pray for the people around you that they may recognize their need for God. We need to pray for that. Because that's what Daniel does for his people. Here's a video that summarizes what I think both of these stories from the Old and the New Testament teach us about God and His desire for people and the Holy Spirit. Let's watch this brief video. So this is where we are in the story. God made a perfect world. People messed it up, but God had a plan to rescue them. He sent His Son, Jesus, to save everybody so we could be with Him. And to save us, Jesus had to beat death. After he did that, he went to heaven. But first he told his friends, the disciples, to wait. Because he was going to send them a gift, the Holy Spirit. So they waited. Even when there was a giant party going on outside, which was called Pentecost, with people from all over the world, the disciples stayed together inside, waiting. Suddenly there was a loud noise, like a really strong wind. It must have been pretty loud, because lots of people came to see what was going on. Whoosh! Then fire came down from heaven and landed on top of people's heads. This isn't like the fire we're used to. It didn't burn them. This fire was way cooler. See what we did there? The disciples started speaking different languages. Languages they didn't even know. Or hadn't until then. They spoke Greek, Hebrew, Arabic, all sorts of languages. It was a miracle. A lot of people were amazed. Some were a little confused. And some didn't know what to think. But the disciples knew it was a special day. A guy named Peter spoke up. He reminded the crowd of who Jesus was. And God's rescue plan for them. And lots and lots and lots of people believed. Anyone who believes in Jesus has the Holy Spirit. I believe. 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 God had given them the Holy Spirit. And we can have the Holy Spirit too. But that's not the end of the story. Nope. That's not the end of the story. God gives us His Holy Spirit. And you need to carry on the story. You're part of the story of God. It doesn't stop there. It keeps going. As we take communion this morning, so if you're at home and you're watching, we're going to take communion in a few minutes. So run to the kitchen, get some crackers, get some bread, whatever, get some grape juice. You want to have wine for communion, get some wine. But, but let your children be part of this also. We take communion, and I, I invite us in these moments to make our own confession to recognize our need for God. To Take a moment to think and reflect in your own life. Did I do anything this week that I need to confess to God? Is my life going okay? Is there anything in my life that I need to say, God, I need your help. I need you to bring new life to this and help me with this. And I want you to confess your own need for God and God may say to you, but I told you to do this and you did not do it. I'm inviting you to say, God, I am sorry. And I'll turn around. And I will do what you tell me to do. Because I want the life that you have for us. So I invite us to remember what God has done. His love for us. His never-ending love for us. The purpose that He has for each one of us. And the providence that He is providing for us. He simply asks us to follow Him. 
and to love Him with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Maybe you want to take a moment and write down, take that note card that's in that little envelope on your table or on your chair, and in a moment of silence, just jot down a couple things that you need to confess to God. Fold it up, put it in your pocket, throw it in the trash, whatever. Make that prayer to God as we take this. We're going to make a confession in a minute. We call it a confession of faith. It's a statement. We call it the Apostles' Creed, and it's our confession of what we believe who we believe Jesus is. And I invite you to make it your own statement of of these are the things that I believe about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And to trust in it as we prepare to receive this sacrament. And then we're going to give you a moment of silence. And then we're going to say together the Lord's Prayer. The words will be on the screen. I invite you to stand with me. Take that little cup that's on the table or on the chair where you sat down, and you can start to peel open the, the top cellophane, the clear part. Now there's, a, there's a little wafer underneath there that feels kind of like a cracker. It's representing the body of Christ, that Christ gave himself for us. He broke his body. He died on the cross. His blood dripped out of His body. The blood of life, the blood that gives life, just like breath gives us life, so does blood. Jesus shed His blood for your forgiveness and for mine. And then He restores us with His own breath, with His own blood. He said, whenever you drink this, remember Me. Because I'm pouring Myself into you. There's nothing more intimate than getting somebody inside you. Jesus wants to be inside us. He wants to be intimate with us, intimate friends, nurturing our life in every way. So that's what what this, this action means for us. It means that we're trusting in Jesus and we're deciding to follow Him. So let's say together the words that are up on the screen, the Apostles' Creed. I have gluten-free cups and bread up here. If you need gluten-free, Pastor Vaughn or Fran, I'm going to ask you to just kind of walk around. If you need gluten-free, raise your hand so that Fran can see you and you can you can have the gluten-free. If you're at home, hopefully you've got your, your bread and your juice or your wine together. But let's pray together as we receive this. Jesus, we remember what you have done for us. The night you were betrayed, you took the bread and you gave thanks. You broke it. You gave it to your disciples. You said, take, eat. This is my body given for you. We trust you, Jesus, in what you've done for us. Oh, I forgot the Apostles' Creed. Got ahead of myself. Let's say this together. Here's the Apostle Creed. This is what we believe. This is our confession. I invite you to say this meaningfully. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. I believe who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He died. He was buried. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven. And He sits at the right hand of the Father. He come, and He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let's take a moment, just a couple seconds. Think about your life. Is there anything that you need 
grown-ups, children, that you need to quietly confess to God. Say the Lord's Prayer together. Now we need the Lord's Prayer. There we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Now we're ready. <laughs> Let's take this bread, remember what Christ has done for us, and be thankful. You may take and eat. Peel open the cellophane or the foil exposing the juice underneath. This is the blood of new life. This is the blood of the new covenant. Jesus says, I bring new life to you. We receive that new life, God, that you give to us. Come, live in our hearts. Change us. In Jesus' name, we receive this with gratitude. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this gift that you've given to us. We confess our need of you. We thank you for your forgiveness that you give to us. Now help us go out into this world. We pray, God, for those who remain rebellious to you. And Lord, when we turn rebellious to you once again, remind us and cause us to come back to you. Thank you, Jesus. We trust you in your holy name we pray. Amen. If you want to come at the, at the platform area here and continue to pray, you're welcome to do that. If you want to meet somebody at the prayer, one of the prayer stations on the right or the left, you're welcome to do that. Or certainly, let's continue to pray and sing uh, where, where you're standing as we worship God together. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to move. asking you, Lord, to fill us today. You are welcome here. You're right. 
Thank you, Lord, for the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. God, we pray today that you would move in us, that you would move around us, that you would move through us, that you would, Lord, that you would send us from this place today with that Holy Spirit, strengthening us, and teaching us how to worship, how to live a lifestyle of worship outside this building. Move in our homes and our families move on our jobs, every place that we go, our schools, every place that we are, God, be a light in us. So we, the church, who bear your light, lamp of flame, city bright, king and kingdom come, is what we pray. We ask for that in the name of Jesus. We're going to continue to spend some time in worship up here. If you still need prayer, there's some folks available to pray with you. If you're online with us, uh, our 
online prayer counselors will be around for another 15 minutes or so. The folks at the prayer stations, God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Oh 